Second Thought. This is On Second Thought, episode 260, brought to you by Hook'em.com, our good friends at Bud Light. I'm Cedric Golden, and I'm joined by the Duck Kirk Bowles. 260 episodes in, and we're still making history, Duck. First time joining us, the permanent voice of college baseball in America. He is the managing editor of D1Baseball.com, Kendall Rogers, joining us. What's up, man? Uh, you know what? I'm a little offended that it's taken 260 episodes to me for me to be a guest. We, we had trouble going through your agent. That was the problem. You're in demand. There's a waiting list. Barack Obama's still waiting to get in. Well, uh, Putin called too soon. <laughs> Turned him down for obvious reasons. Well, I'll tell you what. If, if Putin calls to come on your podcast, then put him in front of me because that's really interesting. <laughs> in front of a fire. How uh, the heck are you, my friend? I'm doing good. You know, we're, uh, I can't believe it, but we're what, three weeks away now from uh, Selection Monday. And uh, I think the postseason picture right now is as cloudy as ever. I mean, the race for the top eight seeds is wide open. Uh, you can see Texas get back in that mix with a strong finish. Uh, the race for top 16 seeds are, are wide open. And even when you look at the Big 12 right now, I mean, you look at a Texas team that's sitting, you know, sixth place in the Big 12. I don't think they're going to finish there after the Kansas series. But right. still, I mean, there's some interesting storylines. Uh, you look, uh, you know, east of Austin, they're 95 miles in College Station. And uh, Schloss, I don't know how he's done it this year, but, I mean, those guys are uh, two games out of first in the West, and right now they would host. And so that's been a, kind of an incredible story, really. Yeah, it really is. Can you pull some strings at <laughs> baseball and get the Longhorns and Aggies? Oh, God. I knew you were going that direction. Uh, you live in College Station. We live, I live in, in Houston. I thought you lived in College Station. When well, you- I mean, when I was in school, like back when, you know, neither one of us had gray hair. In the old days. What's hair? Yeah. What's hair? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't I don't have much hair either, so oh, wow. it can't too bad. Um, that would be interesting. I mean, to be honest, though, in our projections this week, we have the horns going to Arkansas. So kind of awesome. pick your poison, really. You saw that today. That would not be good news for Texas. Arkansas oh, is raucous. That is raucous. Yeah. I would argue, I would actually argue that Arkansas would be more hostile than AM would be. Think so. Really? It was, it was pretty hostile during football season. I saw it up close. <laughs> I mean, I will say this. I think like AM dislikes Texas and hates Texas in some regards. I think Arkansas is just like straight up like yeah, we man. will burn your car in the parking lot. Hey, <laughs> thank you. Right, I love it. I'm sorry. I love that. I, yeah, I, I, oh, I do. That. I do too. It's great. I love that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but but, but, but ahead, what you, I mean, Texas. Yeah. If they sweep Kansas next weekend, mm-hmm. they they finish up at fourteen and ten. Uh, presumably, it would be fourth or fifth. They'd move up in the conference. Um. Does that move the needle enough to sneak them into that top 16? Because I think I looked on your RPI, and I believe you have them at 18 right now. Yeah, so Texas would need uh, to probably win some games in the conference tournament, which is certainly conceivable. But, I mean, if you look at Kansas, Kansas RPI is well in the triple digits. So by just playing Kansas, they're going to go down in the RPI. Like, they're not going to go up at all in that Kansas series. So. Uh, they're going to have to win some games in the Big 12 tournament, which they have done in the past. And so um, they're going to need to probably win two or three games if they can do that in the Big 12 tournament in addition to 14 and 10 regular season record. Because at that point, your conference tournament games, you know, not in the official kind of standings, but in terms of the committee, 
those conference tournament games count as conference games. So Texas, let's say Texas went, um, you know, went two and two. They would essentially be 16 and 12 in the league as opposed to 14 and 10. So mm-hmm. if that makes sense. So, you know, the more, the more conference wins you can accumulate, the better off you are. So I would say if, if I'm Texas, if you can sweep or take two or three from Kansas, win two to three games in Oklahoma City, I think you've got a really good shot. So you're saying that unlike college basketball, the conference tournaments in college baseball can, can um, factor in your standing. Yeah, you can, you can, yeah, you're, you're not going to go beat, uh, you know, kind of like AM and Arkansas and hoops. You're not going to go beat somebody in, in the baseball tournament by 15 runs and not make the postseason. But, uh, yeah, I mean, baseball definitely matters. I think it's going to matter a lot this year uh, when you look at the national seed picture. So, for right now, for instance, we had Arkansas move back as the top eight. Uh, we have Auburn sitting in the eight hole. We have AM dropping out from eight to nine or seven to nine, excuse me. And then we have Louisville leaping Notre Dame to get in uh, as the final ACC team. So you're looking at different scenarios there where in the in Hoover in the SEC tournament, if A&M goes on a long run and Auburn doesn't, or yeah, I would say Arkansas is fine, but if Auburn doesn't, then I think you can see A&M take their spot. I think you look at, you know, the Big 12 is a little different. So I think Oklahoma State's dead set national seed oh, yeah. right now. I mean, they're three RPI. They're going to win that league. They're, they're a lock. Yeah. But in, in the, uh, you know, in the Big 12 – you know, if a team like Texas, I mean, here, here's the thing. Like, as crazy as it sounds, if a team like Texas and, you know, let's say A&M and Auburn and some of those teams like that kind of faltered a little bit, if a team like Texas swept this weekend, and let's just say they just roll everybody in the conference tournament, I mean, it's not that crazy from an RPI standpoint to see them sneak in as an eight. I know it sounds insane right now, but, like, it, the pathway is there. The pathway is extremely difficult, but the pathway is there. Let me ask you that, too. In the past, as we've seen, as you know, Ken, yeah. money money plays a factor, and mm-hmm. you know they they host regionals. Seem like every year. You remember not too long ago with Houston. Houston has better credentials, and then they got shipped up here for the super regional, and Texas won. Do you think money is still a factor in tradition, where you know they're going to pack the house with seven thousand plus? Is that a factor? I, I don't think it is as much as you're, you're right. It used to be almost all of it, but I think these days. You know, now that we've shifted in the last two or three years to the one through 16 model, just like softball, right. you know, if you're the committee, like you really want to get those 16 teams, right? You don't want to be in a situation where people are accusing you of, well, that team has money and that's the only reason they're a top 16 team. And so right. I think you're going to have to earn it. Now, if they are e- even with a Gonzaga, then yeah, I think, you know, yeah. wink, wink. Yeah, that, that plays a part. But I think if, you know, if, if their RPI is 24, and Gonzaga's is 17. Gonzaga's getting a top 16 seed. Mm-hmm. Right. And Texas State, I don't even know if they would be in the running if they've even bid for a regional or not. Uh, I mean, they will not host a regional just because their RPI is low. But I'll tell you what, uh, I, I've seen them play this year, and I would not want them in my regional. Mm-hmm. Uh, I get it. Like, from a pitching standpoint, it can get a little lean, you know, after the first two guys. But I'll tell you what, they've got, you know, eight seniors in their everyday lineup. They can really hit, and I think Steven does a great job with that team in terms of the, their approach, their coaching, and things like that. So I do not want to play – if I'm an opposing team, I do not want to play a team with eight seniors in the everyday lineup. And you got them going to LSU, I think, as a two-seed right now. That would be scary. I mean, it, Texas State, if you're looking for a dream matchup, if you're Steven Trout, yeah. send me to Baton Rouge. Because you're going against a team that LSU, um, you know, outside of that potent offense – 
their pitching is a lot like Aiden. Well, I mean, actually, Aiden is better, but like their pitching is in a situation to where like their Friday, Saturday, Sunday is a total revolving door. Like they're basically just Johnny Holstaffing every game at this point. Mm. And so, like, I think Texas State matches up with a team like that really well, right. as opposed to having to go to Oklahoma State and, and beat Justin Campbell and then go beat Bryce Osmond, if that makes sense. Yeah, and they could go anywhere, like you said. They're, they're, yeah, A&M is an option, which yeah. they match up well with A&M. As long as A&M has to throw Nathan Detmer in the first game, mm-hmm. uh, it's anybody's uh, regional after that. Yeah. But, I just uh, thought with Texas, just when they don't host, they just – they rarely come out. I mean, it's been like eight years since they've been a visiting team at a regional. Yeah. Out. I think it was in Houston back in 2014. Um I still have uh, nightmares of the 2015 helicopter series at DBU. And- With the fish in the outfield? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> when Augie and Pat Mason all- refused to play? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, their field's a little better now. Like, it's all turf. <laughs> it's, uh, they've got a, a state-of-the-art drainage system. I was actually touring that that some of the renovations with Dan Heefner earlier this year. We're actually in the fall during fall ball. They've done a really, really nice job of that park. But, yeah, you know, it's a – it's a great point you bring up about them not playing well on the road. I do think this team's a little different. I think this team, when you look at the veteran leadership in the lineup, uh, you know, Melendez, Murphy Staley, uh, Trey Faltini, like, I don't think this is a team that's going to go on the road in a regional and just play bad. Mm-hmm. Now, Arkansas, let's just say they went to Fayetteville. Now, Arkansas yeah. may beat them, and they'll be favored, but I don't think this is a team that's going in a regional, and they're just totally, you know, what the bed. Well, and you're right. Gonna, yeah, you're not. They're they're not. They're not going to come in and lose four to one. They're they're they they're going to hit the baseball wherever they go. Um, what do you? I mean, we talked when you 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 were here for the I think of the Oklahoma State series. Yep. And um, we we chopped it up a little bit there. Um, what do you make of the? I mean, after a while, it wasn't. A, we were talking about a bullpen slump. It's not a slump. It's who they are. And and, and and it's so it's so shocking to see those talented arms uh, not step to the fore. Uh, what do you make of that from an outside perspective? Because I know we talk about it all the time, but uh, from someone who follows the country, what what do you make of Texas's struggles in that bullpen? Yeah, I mean it's all boiled down to to Aaron Nixon. I mean at the end of the day, this is a guy that was a you know first team freshman All American last year, and we expect him to be you know that 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 shutdown bullpen guy for him again this year and he just hasn't been that guy uh you know th- there's still time that he can kind of get back on track but he just has not been that guy uh, obviously they're trying to get creative uh moving lucas gordon up putting tristan in the bullpen uh, as we saw against west virginia one outing good the next outing not so great so maybe we're finding out that tristan's not good on throwing back-to-back days so there's certainly a conundrum there in austin and, and what they what they want to do with their bullpen uh, i'll say this um, obviously, you know, we were going to get with Pete on the front end of the rotation. Uh, he's probably going to win your first game of regional. Uh, I've been very encouraged with Lucas Gordon as of late. You That's know, he true. threw well against Oklahoma State, threw really well against West Virginia. So you, you've kind of fixed those issues. So now I'm just very intrigued to see what, what David and what Sean mm-hmm. Allen have cooked up for the bullpen because, you know, Stevens, as we mentioned a second ago, I'm not real sure what to expect. I do like Luke Harrison. I, I just like his demeanor out there. Uh, he does, never seems too high or too low. So he's a guy I think I would rely on down the stretch. I mean, honestly, I've said since day one, I, I would like to see him actually be in the rotation. Like, I get it. It's not overwhelming stuff, but you know what he does? He pounds the zone. He keeps the ball low in the zone. He's got a great head on his shoulders. And in a ballpark like the dish, like, he fits in perfectly with that. So 
I don't know what they're going to do, but I mean, they're going to have to figure it out. But the, the, I guess the, the saving grace here for Texas is we're three weeks away from the postseason or four weeks away from the postseason. And there's still a lot of teams out there trying to figure it out on the mound. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just talked about A&M, uh, LSU, TCU, you know, Riley Cornelio is out with an, a forearm injury. Austin Crowe has struggled on the front end. So like TCU still trying to figure it out. So, I mean, there are a lot of teams in similar situations. So that may be the saving grace here. Yeah, you're right. And Tristan Stevens, I think they're I think they're 0 6 in his last six Big Twelve starts. And he just yeah. has not been good. Not yeah, I mean the Yeah, I mean the problem with Tristan is just his margin for error is very yeah. minimal. I mean, you look back at his okay. outing at Shriners and like the, the command was just pinpoint. And when his command's not pinpoint, you know, mm-hmm. he he's running the mill stuff. I mean, it's 90, 93. He might bump a ninety-four if he's mad. And the secondary stuff's just okay. So he has to command extremely well. And when he hasn't commanded extremely well, he's gotten a hit. And I wonder, too, guys, if uh, if David Pierce might be tempted. They go in some Arkansas or wherever as a two seed. Would you maybe be tempted to put Lucas Gordon on the mound and hopefully get by with him and your offense? And then you got Pete Hansen against Arkansas. Or I think you gamble. I think you gamble. I mean, it depends two, on your matchup. In that 2-3 two, two, matchup, you start. Absolutely. Oh. I think if you're Texas and, and the state of your pitching staff is what it is as of, you know, May 11th, yeah. I think you gamble. I think you have to. Because I don't know about you, and no disrespect to Lucas Gordon, but, like, I'm not relying on Lucas Gordon to beat Arkansas on a Saturday night at Bomb. Right. I totally agree. I just love I just love having uh, – th- this is when college baseball gets – Oh, started. it's the best. We start, we start breaking down. It's a lot of fun, isn't it? That's when it gets <laughs> fun, and you just want – all right, he said he's going to start this guy. <laughs> and then you look up You look up sometimes, and, 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 the, yeah. and the Friday night starters rolling in there in the seventh inning because oh, they man. have that first one. Yeah. Those kind I'm of just stuff. excited to see – like, I'm just really inter- interested to see – like what this team does down the stretch. Like, I don't really know what to expect. And, mm-hmm. you know, we, we talked earlier about, you know, the mindset of this team, but I kind of go back to the super last year a little bit to when South Florida, when Drew Brutcher hit that bomb in the ninth, like for a lot of teams in college, I mean, look at Arkansas, the way they, they handled that, that bomb, like they were against NC state, the bottom of the inning, they were just done. Like you, the next inning, you were, inning, you were at the, weren't you at the dish when we watched? That I was, we watched that, we watched that, we watched that, that game together. together. But what happens, you know, South Florida hits that bomb, and what's Texas do? Like, they walk back in the dugout, like nothing happened. They go out there, they win the game. So, like, anytime I start to doubt these guys, I start to think about, like, that moment and go, like, maybe maybe I should have a little bit more faith in the postseason than I do right now. Nice. Yeah. Nice. And it's going to be interesting. You, you mentioned the Aggies. They've kind of been on the heater. Yep. They've won six out of eight series, said – and they've won series at LSU, at Georgia, at Vandy. They lost at Auburn, but I think a couple of close games there. So Yeah, they lost in the ninth inning in one of the games at Auburn. And what's funny, just to give you an idea of how quickly college baseball can change, and I think you could say the same about football sometimes, especially early in the season versus late in the season, mm-hmm. is remember when Texas, you know, pitching staff got bombed by A&M early in the year in midweek, and we all thought, boy, that's, boy, that's a really bad loss for Texas. Yeah. And all of a sudden, like, they're a higher-ranked team. So, I just think when you look at the, the job that coaching staff has done, you know, Mike Early, their hitting coach who came from Arizona State. I know Arizona State did not the cover off the ball last year in the Austin Regional uh, against Fairfield. But, you know, he did a really nice job of that offense over the last few years. He, I'll, I'll be honest with you, like, I feel like he's done a miraculous job with their offense. I mean, they, they've got guys who were hitting, like, 220 last year. 
that are hitting 320, 330 with double-digit bombs this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's done a great job. But, you know, they've got a guy in their Friday role, Nathan Detmer, who will probably be a first-round pick next year. You know, Nate Yeski, who you know came from Oregon State and Arizona and now to A&M, uh, one of the brighter pitching minds in the country. Um, he's done a great job with him. You know, he's up to 97 with a big-time slaughter. But really, after that, uh, it's it's scary for them when it comes to pitching. So it's all going to be about matchups in the postseason. Yeah, and also nationally, uh, I don't know, could this be the year a, a sleeper like Virginia Tech comes in there and wins the whole thing maybe? Absolutely. And, you know, Tennessee is that team that, you know, what, what, what's got to make Texas fans sick is like Texas absolutely controlled Tennessee. They won that game, what, seven to two. So it kind of gave gives you an idea of like where this team could be if Tanner Witt was healthy. Mm-hmm. But I mean, there's a lot of teams that have dealt with injuries. But you know, I think when you look around the country, you know, Tennessee is a team that like right now seems like the sure bet. But it's been since 2001 that the number one national seed has won the national championship. That was Miami in 2001, I believe, That's against crazy. LSU. Is that true? Yeah, it, it's it's insane. Wow. 2001. That's nuts. That's it's just hard. Like, it's hard to deal with having the target on your back, and we kind of saw. You know, a, a little uh, a little opening in the armor last week when they lost two out of three to Kentucky, who's not a very good team. They mm-hmm. lost two out of three at Kentucky. So all of a sudden, Tennessee teams can play to now go, you know what? These guys can be beaten two out of three. So I think that's a you know different feeling. I think outside of Virginia Tech in terms of teams that you wouldn't expect in baseball to get to Omaha that could, uh, Gonzaga is really, really interesting. Um, they, they're an interesting story this year. You know, they got three big-time starters. Uh, Gabe Hughes will be a first-round pick on Friday. Will Kentner, who's expected to be back from an injury, uh, is a top two or three talented arm. And they've got a kid by the name of Tristan Veerling on Sunday, who's also up to 95-96. So, I mean, they swept Oklahoma State in Stillwater. And they would be a really tough out. They're also just very battle-hardened. This is a team that just lost one of their assistant coaches a couple weeks ago to uh, stage four cancer. Mm -hmm. So they've been through a lot, man. They've been through some hell. Uh, and they're still a top 16 team. So Gonzaga, and then UConn, uh, Jim Penders. Uh, I believe he was the cousin of Tom Penders, uh, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. You know, yeah. his brother Rob used to coach down at, was it St. Ed's, right? Yeah, yeah. that's right. That's right. Yeah, so Jim's done a great job at UConn. Uh, they're right back in the high. They're a top 16 team as well. So those are some sleepers for you. Southern Miss, I throw in there. Um, mm-hmm. And Maryland. Maryland uh, is a team that right now would host Rob Vaughn's done a tremendous job at Maryland. I love that about college baseball and how some of these – like Virginia Tech. No doubt. When's the last time Virginia well, Tech competed this well? So, I'll say this about college baseball. Yeah, I mean, the last time Virginia Tech was this good was P. Hughes last year there when they hosted. Mm-hmm. And Oklahoma went there and, I believe, won that regional. And then the next year, hired P. Hughes. Hired Pete. <laughs> but, right. you know, the thing about college baseball, what's really interesting, and this is all going to change, you know, when the transformation committee – uh, list caps and things like that on scholarships and coaches at more than likely at the end of the year. The mm-hmm. thing that's interesting about college baseball is what a lot of programs have realized, Coastal Carolina and Southern Miss have mastered this over the last few years. What they've realized, and Coastal's actually decent in football, but what they've realized is like, hey, we're never going to compete with Alabama or you know Florida or LSU or whoever in football. Mm-hmm. So what we're going to do, we're going to put our money into a sport that gets a lot of national recognition on ESPN, uh, obviously, it's not college basketball, but we're going to give them. Uh, we're going to give our money to a sport that gets a lot of uh, recognition mm-hmm. on ESPN and places like that. Mm-hmm. And we're going to put our money into a sport that's partial scholarship. And you know what? If we put a little bit of money towards this program, we can win 
Mm-hmm. And if we build a nice facility, we can absolutely win. So a lot of these mid-major programs have figured that out and, it, and it's paid dividends. Yeah, absolutely. And you think they will lift the scholarships? Will they make it unlimited? Could they do that, Kendall? Is it still 11.7, Kendall? 11.7, yeah. Yeah, so right now it's 11.7. Um, the Transformation Committee, actually, uh, Ross Dellinger from SI had a story about this a week ago. And then Nicole Auerbach from The Athletic had like a follow-up today on The Athletic. You can check that out. But so essentially what they want to do, and I've heard this is going to happen. Like it's not a, oh, this might happen. This is happening right. uh, in the next year. Is the scholar uh, conferences would dictate how many scholarships or partial so- scholarship sports get. Mm-hmm. So if the Big 12 decided – well, I'll say the SEC just because UT is going to the SEC. But if uh, the SEC decides they want to give 20 full scholarships and then seven partials for baseball, which, mm-hmm. by the way, I'm hearing through the grapevine is probably the framework they want to use, and the Big 12 doesn't want to do that, then the mm-hmm. Big 12 doesn't have to do that. But guess what? The SEC can do that. Yeah, no. uh, coaches, if Texas wants to hire Troy Tulowitzki, hire Greg Swindell as a second pitching guy, like guy – it just goes to the ballpark and coaches pitchers all day. Mm-hmm. They can do it. Like there's, mm-hmm. there's no cap. Wow. So I love it. I mean, I think, you know, the, the transformation committee's whole, the whole thing is if our goal in college athletics is to improve and create a perfect experience for the student athlete, then why, why would we ever tell a school they can't get more scholarships or why mm-hmm. would we tell the school or tell a player they can't get more instruction? The only thing I would throw out as a caveat is that do you want a level playing field? You know, in 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 basketball, do you want a butler to get to the final four or just yeah. you? And and would that preclude that from happening? I want Virginia Tech to have a, a chance to get to Omaha. Mm-hmm. I don't want all SEC teams. Is that fair? It's fair. And I think it's I think it's certainly founded. I I, I do think that college baseball in 2024. Will, will end up being by the time the, SEC, the UTs and the SEC, I think college baseball will have two divisions at the Division One level. Wow. I think what you'll have is it won't be like football where there's you know limited number of teams, but I think it will be 180, 205 Division One baseball teams that are playing Texas and Texas A&M and schools like that, mm-hmm. which honestly is the way that it should be. That makes. I sense. mean, at the end of the day, and again, this is no disrespect for these programs, but at the end of the day, like why is Albany? Or why is, mm-hmm. let's just say, St. Peter's to give you, you know, I know they had the basketball run, but like baseball, one of the worst programs in the country, uh, their head coach makes like 17 grand a year. Why in the world are we putting these programs in position to compete against Texas in baseball? It makes no sense. So go put them in a division where they might actually be able to compete a little bit. You want a level playing field they, for those that want to be on that level playing field. Yeah. Amen. Exactly. Where would they, what would they do with the, uh, like the, they, the D2 teams that have their own? College World Series, I guess. I'm guess, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, it'd be unfortunate, but I mean, yeah. I, I guess you could try to do it in Omaha the week before or something. But man, that thing would be chewed up. That's too, yeah. uh, that's it's too big. Uh, that that stadium's probably going to be too big for the D two yeah. fan bases. Yeah, and when uh, you would well, and you would burn out local fans for the, the actual big World Series. It won't. I mean, be in Omaha. it won't be. In no, Omaha. not not at all. No. no. The last that's question I got for you, Kendall, is Ivan Melendez the National Player of the Year? Uh, it would be for me, it would be him or Cooper Jerpy at, at Oregon State. I mean, obviously, when you look at Ivan and the job that he's done this year, it, you know, it's, it's kind of funny to think back, you know, when he turned, turned on the Marlins, you know, that was a, that was a big storyline. I was, I was kind of like, well, th- that's huge for them. And I expect him to have a good year. I expect him to have a really good year. 
I'm not sure I expected him to have this good of a year. Uh, <laughs> he's just been incredible. Uh, he's carried that team on his shoulders. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's been consistent. He's getting on base. He's hitting with power. Every single box that you want checked for a premier hitter in college baseball or, or hitter in any level of baseball, he has checked those boxes. With that said, mm-hmm. um, Cooper Jerpy at Oregon State would be a really solid pick, too. I mean, you're talking about a guy, a left-handed pitcher, who would be a first-round pick. Uh, guys, so far this year, 120 strikeouts, 14 walks, and wow. seven, 73 and two-thirds innings wow. for the number two team in college baseball. So I think there's your competition, I think, if you're Ivan Melendez. Yeah. Is, yeah, could, he be, is, uh, could he be a first-round draft pick this year, Ivan? Melendez? Yeah. Um, Probably not. I mean, I think there's still – I mean, I'll say this. There's still a lot of scouts that look at his first base play and go, oh, I have a lot of question marks. Honestly, like I've seen him play first base. I'm like, yeah, there's some times that it's not that pretty. But I tell you what, uh, I've seen him pick some balls from Trey short or balls from third mm-hmm. that like very few guys can pick. You've been good. So I've actually seen all all I need to see from him at first base. Uh, yeah, and I, I, I was I was very impressed with his play over there. I, I was wondering, I was like, he does he doesn't move great, but man, he's picked it over there pretty well. Yeah, I mean, who, who cares if you move great as long as you yeah. make, you know as long as you consistently make the play. You catch That's the ball. Exactly, yeah. exactly right, Kendall. Man, it's a pleasure. We're going to be reading your stuff. Check him out at d1baseball.com. Follow him on Twitter at Kendall Rogers. Uh, we'll do it again. Hopefully, yeah, let's do it. Playoffs. During the uh, the postseason tournament, we'll have you on for another segment. We appreciate the it. knowledge drop today, brother. You got it. Always good to talk to a fellow brother from uh, East Texas over here. <laughs> there <laughs> you go. Good. Got it. Good. East Texas. Take care, brother. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. On second thought. Doug, lively conversation with Kendall Rogers of D1 Baseball, but man. I logged on Wednesday, and I didn't see this coming, Doug. You went all in on the NFL coming to Austin. I I had no idea uh, about about the um, the Dallas Mayors. I mean, uh, Dallas Mayors comments about wanting the second team in the Metroplex. But you're like, ah, what about the five one two? Are we ready, Doug? Is Texas ready? For a third NFL team, and better yet, is the Austin area ready? Yeah, I would say so, because you look at what uh, we've seen just the last 10 years here. We've seen Austin FC, the first major league soccer franchise, the first major league pro franchise, you know, come to Austin in the last two years, build a state-of-the-art stadium. It's beautiful. They were successful in year two. We've seen the PGA Tour come here for the last six years. It would have been seven uh, if not for the pandemic. We've seen Formula One track bring in hundreds of thousands every year. Uh, Miami just staged a Grand Prix race, the second race in the United States. And But uh, Austin's kind of been the pace setter there. Why Why wouldn't be, we be ready, Sid? I know you're ready. I've been ready for about 20 years, Duck. I love the <laughs> NFL. I know you do. I'd love for it to be local so I can write about it more. How about that, Duck? How well, about that? Here's Austin, the thing. Here's go the ahead. Thing. Yes. Austin has become an international city. No question. And Austin is no longer that bedroom community that you grew up in. Austin has South by Southwest. Yeah. That's a big deal. Austin has the University of Texas. 
a top 10 school in the country. Mm -hmm. Austin is sexy. NFL in Austin would sell, Duck. It just would. And you name the companies. Go to statesman.com and check it out. I think USA Today gave you some love. I I just think you know, Samsung and Dell and and Tesla and the Amazon, Google, interest, Google, go down Apple. the list. It's got it checks off all the boxes. My brother, there's a reason why Spurs fans were nervous when they found out that the that the San Antonio Spurs want to play a couple of games in that sexy, swanky, moody center. <laughs> during that rodeo round trip in next February. And they don't want to lose their Spurs because they know that Austin is the hot girl at the homecoming dance. <laughs> Everybody wants to dance with Austin, my friend. Yeah, the Spurs are their only rate rodeo for San Antonio. They cannot afford yeah. to lose them. It's and a tourism city, man. It is. And the Spurs have said all the right things about staying. And I Peter think Peter Hold have... released a big, long statement. I'm like, oh, yeah. oh, I'll of... protest a little too much, Mr. <laughs> Holt. Easy on the governor there. I, I, I think he was a little bit too effusive mm -hmm. in his thoughts. That makes me wonder, is there a little smoke to that fire? I don't know. Yeah, they, I don't he know. didn't want to ruffle feathers. That's what that was about. Is this know. the biggest city in America that doesn't have a, a, a an NFL team? Is oh, yeah. I mean, we're, we're right on the border of top 10 in the, in the nation. We're, San Jose's usually been 10. Austin's been 11. But it's – almost two and a half million people in the greater Austin area. So you got your salivating fan base just ready to explode with their own NFL team. You know, I, I was talking to some people yesterday and doesn't Austin make more sense than Jacksonville? I mean, a lot of people don't know how Jacksonville even got a franchise. I mean, it's always one of the, the lowest drawing franchises, you know, they are up there, Detroit. I don't, we don't want the Lions. Lions, <laughs> you can stay in Michigan. That's fine. We don't have any problem with that. Uh, Washington's another one. You know, I mean, you know that. Don't want Dan play. Down here. We don't want Dan Snyder. No, you got to get rid of Snyder first. But you and I were at that FedEx Stadium, right, for Maryland game. What That's a stomp. What a stomp. Oh. It, it, the one thing that we'll always remember is it, it was the long rain delay. Oh, my God. But, but what people don't realize is it was raining inside the press box. <laughs> it was poor. We had a huge leak. We needed what a dump. Oh, it was the worst. And you know what, Sid? One of the, the things Eric Johnson, the Dallas mayor, referenced was L.A.'s got two teams with the Chargers now there with the Rams in SoFi Stadium. You have two teams in the New York, New Jersey area. Now the Dallas DFW surpassed Chicago as the number three metro, and so he thinks they can support two teams. But we just talked about the team formerly known as the Washington Redskins. Washington and Baltimore basically sh share that same uh, neighborhood. So, hell, I'd take, I'd take Washington here as an expansion team or a relocated team. Now, in fairness, we need to stop and say, slow down. We know it's far-fetched, and the NFL hadn't said, okay, we're, we're line up. We're taking auditions. So, But, I mean – there's just so much money to be made in the NFL, as you know. I mean, wouldn't you think they'd be salivating over a franchise in Austin? 
Of course, and I read in your piece that they're that you've heard that they want to go to forty teams eventually. But here's the we haven't addressed the elephant in the room. <laughs> here comes. And here comes my best impression. Well, uh, you know our Dallas Cowboys are the <laughs> they're the best franchise in the state of Texas, and uh, I don't think another team would uh, would 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 work. In the Austin area, it's a cowboy state, and as long as the Jones family is is running things, and and I'm the lead dog in the NFL ownership with Mr. Kraft with those ugly red ties, I I don't think that Austin should have a team, and that's what he's going to say. Yeah, that's what Jerry Jones going to say? And but you know what? I'm not trying to kill anybody here. <laughs> oh, Jerry can't live forever, Doc. Even. <laughs> Steven, I don't even know is 60 yet. I think Steven might be around for a while. Yeah. I don't know that Steven would want another team in Texas because the, the Texas is cowboy country. We've gone to training camp in San Antonio when they hosted yeah. at the Alamo Dome, and that place is raucous. They love their cowboys. They South do. Texas goes crazy over the Dallas Cowboys. Mexico, duck. There's a reason they go to Mexico to spread oh, yeah. because they sell a lot of jerseys in Mexico. New market, so, new Mexico. market. For Austin to try to come in as an interloper, yeah, man, I think that would be that that would be sexy for us to write about, Doug. But yeah. I think the Jones family would fight that thing tooth and nail. Oh, you know it, you know it. And but I talked to Steve Adler, our mayor. And he said, yeah, bring it on. We're ready. We're primed for an NFL team. That, you know, that'd be great for us. No, 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 no. But when he says we, he's <laughs> talking about Austin we. Yes, Austin we. Over on Red River, on on uh, on Dean Keaton, on the mm -hmm. Guadalupe. On Maybe not so much. 40. Yeah. What would be the reaction if an NFL team with all the billions of dollars in advertising mm -hmm. revenue and all the resources and the cachet of the NFL, what 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 if that really happened? What would CDC and Kevin Eltai and Jay Hartzell and the Longhorn Nation have to say about that? Well, I talked to CDC uh, Tuesday, and he was very noncommittal, as you would expect. Uh, he said, hey, this is a Cowboys and Texan state. Is it a Texan state? I don't know. Uh, but it's definitely a Cowboy state. But it's like, you know, what's funny is that Delos Dodds, CDC's predecessor, adamantly fought any kind of pro franchises coming in. There was a AAA uh, team coming in here from Arizona that wanted to build a stadium downtown by the river. And ah. they were against that. They didn't want anything to do with that. Now, let it be said that the CDC is a little more progressive thinking because uh, they got the Moody Center for free and they got to share it with a lot of music concerts. They only get it like 60 times a year. But before Austin FC moved out to Q2 Stadium, he was even offering that as a potential temporary home for the MLS soccer team. So there's enough money in Austin, you know, for a major college and an NFL team. There are 43 firms that employ a thousand people or more. And they're like, they're like six or seven have their major headquarters here. And that number is just growing by the day. There could only be room for one big dog in the kennel. 
<laughs> hey, and if I'm Texas, I don't want the the Austin Aardvarks coming to the to the to the to the uh, ATX because let's keep it real. Mm-hmm. The NFL is bigger than college football. Oh, you know it. It's bigger, bigger than anything. Uh, but I'm going to tell you that the college college football coaches are commanding salaries commensurate with NFL coaches. Yes, with the more NIL security, making it to where kids might stay longer because they're getting paid and not uh, out of the university help. pockets. Yes, deeper pockets. But but when you're talking about 32 billionaires who are on the same page, if they decide mm-hmm. the NFL's coming to Austin. The NFL is coming to Austin. It just is. They will grease any pockets that mm-hmm. need to be greased. Uh, since we're having fun with this. Yeah. Where, where would you put the stadium? Where would you build a stadium? Well, I'm sure CDC would rent out uh, Royal Memorial Stadium. for. The a NFL couple ain't of doing anything half-assed like that, Duck. They're well, not going to do that. They're that's gonna, that's, that's yeah, the big hitch. Yeah. If, if, if the NFL is coming to Austin, they're mm-hmm. going to they – like, let's just say – in three years, in twenty in twenty twenty five, then oh, the NFL will be in Austin in two years. The mm-hmm. state will be built in two years, Doug. They're yeah. not they're not going to sit around and 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 pay rent to the, to Texas when they when they could have their luxury suites up. That Vegas stadium went up pretty quick, and they did that, that was quick. They did that with a pandemic looming. So I think you know the SoFi the same thing, Doug. Mm-hmm. They would have that stadium up and running, but where? Where? You know, I'm going to leave the details to, to Roger. Oh, no, no, talk to me. Where, where and, would you put it? I well, know where I would think. You live it. in Pflugerville. Why don't you put it in your backyard? You got lots of room over there in Pflugerville and, and uh, you know, east of I-35. No? Build that mug. Build that mug right around the corner <laughs> for me and watch my house. Then, then we could both live in million-dollar homes, Doug. You I know your you, house is worth a million, Doug. You I know. Those shovels I, in the I got Zillow. Right I, know what your, I know what your house is worth. Maybe, maybe put it in Taylor. You know, they've got Samsung there. Maybe Too far. Too yeah. far. No, I agree. It, I don't know where it would be, but, I mean. What about gotta, what about, be, what about between Austin and San Marcos? What about that Kyle, Hayes, Buddha area? I think, I mean, are the Cowboys in Dallas? No. Because Dallas didn't want to pay for it. But Arlington said, yeah. Or the 49ers in San Francisco. Or the Texas Rangers in Dallas. No, they're in Arlington. So, yeah, there's, you know, it's like 15, 18 miles from Dallas and from Fort Worth. Works pretty well. Dallas led the league in the attendance, you know, 93,000 plus last year. And they're up there and they're drawing the road, as we all know. So I think you could put it somewhere between uh, San Marcos and Austin. That's where all the homes are going. That's where all the growth is. That's where a yeah. lot of my friends are living. Joe Cephas, Joe Salazar from yeah. From well, you got to be creative. You look there. at the you look at the nice. QC Stadium. It was that was a toxic wasteland? It was a dump site. There was you know burning tires and and you know no grass and it was just it was basically a landfill. And now they got the most it's beautiful stadium castle. in soccer. It's a castle. It is. It's, it's a palace. It's you a drive palace. by duck when you drive by it. You can't help yeah. it. I'm like, man, that is. They really hey, I was. That. I was just there Sunday. Now let me say this: the air conditioning in the press box didn't work. It was like 84 degrees for for me and Tyler Feldman and Bob Ballou. We were sweating our butts off, which you know we need to sweat some pounds off. But uh, it's a gorgeous stadium, and 
you know, who knows, but, uh, you know, it's funny, you got a dream. I even put in there, you know, Michael Dell was fiddling around in computers with in his freshman dorm room. I don't think he, he knew there were going to be billionaires, you know, all over the place. And he was going to, you know, found Dell Technologies. And now he's, he's a part owner of the Spurs. He finances the WGC Dell Tech golf tournament out at ACC. He's got his, He's got his hand in everything. So maybe be the Austin billionaires, maybe. It's going to take billionaires to make it happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's going to take a Michael Dell, a George Smith. And People Elon Musk. George Smith, but he's a billionaire, lives in Austin. I yeah, could be another minority owner. Yeah. Uh, that would be but great. Elon. Elon is, I mean, you've got, it's going to take that kind of money mm-hmm. to make it happen. And it's a fun conversation to have. It was a great read. You got to go to statesman.com and check it out or or go to one of our Twitters at KBOLS, at said Golden. We both, Kirk Kirk tweeted it out. I retweeted it. It's worth your five minutes because (laughs) it's a fascinating conversation. This city was not an NFL type city when I moved here in 1990. No way, no way. But it is it is the eighth or ninth gro- high, largest growing city mm-hmm. in America with a metro population that's what over two million now, Duck. Or almost two and a half, almost two and a half million. Two and a yeah. half million people. You're telling me of the two and a half million people, you wouldn't be able to fill a seventy five thousand seat stadium. You know, every it. Sunday, you know they would. Yeah, we'd be in the press box. With popcorn and, and 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 finger foods, and I'd be all over it. I Get love popcorn it. ready. I you know, I even though you know, to me, the idea is kind of far fetched and kind of a crazy notion right now. But you look at we just talked twenty minutes about what Austin has become, an international city, and uh, I really think it could happen because the one thing NFL owners like more than anything. It's that moolah. It's they the love those stanky Ben Frankies. And that's why they wanted over. That's my Matt Obernauer shout out because we played poker. He would always yeah. go with his co-worker. He'd it's win always, dollars and he'd get a stanky Ben Frankie. Stanky billions. Billions move yeah. needles. Yeah. Thousand heirs need not apply. This is not a conversation for you. No, it's his big business. This is big business. And uh, I know I've told this story before, but Dick Clark, the 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 old American bandstand, oh, was like 85 years old, and they were like, Dick, he was doing an interview. They were like, you you you've got many millions of dollars, yet you're still you're 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 helping out with American Idol, and you're doing Dick Clark New Year's Rock and Eve. Why are you still doing it? You don't need the money. And Dick mm-hmm. Clark goes, that's where you got it wrong. I want the money. <laughs> I want the money. Absolutely. And when you want the money, the only thing better than money is mm-hmm. more money. And yeah. mil- and billionaires love money. And there's money flowing in this city. The mm-hmm. real estate market is booming. You got all the major players headquartered here. The The Tech people are moving in by, from the droves, from uh, from San, San Jose. It's the place to be in Texas. And like you called it, Duck, it's the coolest city mm-hmm. in the state of Texas. Why wouldn't the NFL want to play ball with Austin? And we may not be in the business when it, when it happens. I do believe when they expand, 
that Austin has to be at the top of that list. Don't be don't, we no more retread San Diego, no more retread Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. San Diego didn't want to want an NFL team. If they no, wanted they the Chargers to stay, they would have built a new stadium. They right. voted it down time and time again. I don't think Austin would vote down an NFL team. I don't think I, so either. I, they like the money. I know the hotel owners like, oh yeah, we can build some more Marriotts. There Why you go. We and I can build another, we can build another four seasons. Said I can see it already. Tesla Stadium. <laughs> you know, I mean, I can see it. Elon, you know, make or maybe it's Twitter Stadium. I don't oh know once he takes over, but uh, I, you know, it sounds crazy on the surface, and I know a lot of people in Austin. Oh, we don't need any more. We need to slow down the growth. Listen, you ain't slowing down the growth. It ain't happening, and it's the most desirable area in the country can you name me one other fresh like you said not a retread location a fresh area where it has the nfl has not gone that has more outside of international you know like like mexico like london inside the united states no this is a spot right here duck where else would it be where and i think we'll see one in london and berlin or frankfurt and maybe monterey mexico before it's all said and done you know they already want 18 games but the players wouldn't go for it but the the owners want that 18th game and you know they're going to get it at some point so and so i think expansion is probably the answer it's like name me one other sport where it's just growing by leaps and bounds you know like the nfl and you know what it's a conversation we're going to be having until it happens. But until then, we're going to shut it down. We were all over college baseball today, Duck, all over Kendall Rogers, bringing the knowledge, giving us the dope on Texas baseball and where they sit. Um, one series remaining at, uh, at home against Kansas. We'll see if we're at the dish in a couple, in, in about three weeks, hopefully for mm-hmm. a regional. But until then, that will do it for episode 260 of On Second Thought. Once again, thanks to Kendall Rogers. He's the Doug Kirk Bowles. I'm Sad Golden. We'll see you next time. You've been listening to On Second Thought, powered by Hook'em.com. Join Sad and Kirk every Thursday at lunch for a new episode. Archived episodes are available on iTunes and Google Android Play. <laughs>